back to the Ronin Rabbit, a Usagi Ojimbo fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore, and this is episode 89. The Ronin Rabbit has a Google Plus page. You can reach me on Twitter at T-O-T-E-A-L Productions. BigTimeNoise.com slash Ronin Rabbit is the website where I post the episodes. Usagi Podcast at gmail.com if you're inclined to email. And on Facebook, I post the episodes on the Usagi Ojimbo Dojo Facebook page. Thank you, Steve. The book I'm looking at today is Usagi Ojimbo Volume 3, Issue 15 from Dark Horse Comics, dated October 1997. And the story is entitled Grass Cutter Chapter 1 J. Now, in the story, uh, we run into a handful of people, uh, a gentleman by the name of Kotetsu, an employee of his named Ryoko. We have a bandit leader named Hosoku. Uh, those folks, I think, are probably going to be mainly one-offs, either for this issue or maybe just this storyline. But moving on, we are reintroduced to Lord Noriyuki and Tomoe of the Gashu clan. Usagi, of course. Uh, Inazuma who is a swordswoman, and as an insight into her character, Inazuma can be translated as lightning. So, uh, a swordswoman with the name lightning. Genosuke uh, is in the story. But first off, we are re not reintroduced, but we run across Jay and his young female ward, Keiko. As they are walking a mountain path, and we see the path is a pretty busy one. We have folks um, traveling both ways, both directions. But a procession is making its way across the mountain. The procession of one Sakana no Ashiyubi. Uh, in one of the panels here, Mr. Sakai has given us the woodcutters who make appearances frequently. And they are bowing as the royal procession passes. Jay decides um, he, I believe at this point it's a he, he is not going to bow, uh, and he makes arguments as to why he's not going to bow. The a number two main retainer, uh, whatever the official name is for the uh, gentleman leading the procession, takes umbrage, attacks Jay along with the rest of the guards of the procession, but it does not fare very well with them. Uh, when we leave the scene, Jay has cut down five, and there are another 15 or 20 yet to charge him. So we leave that scene. We move on up into uh, what appears to be a bamboo forest. We see Genosuke wander upon a killing field. Um, the men are have been dispatched in, in a number of ways, several rather gruesome, gruesomely. And he, uh, as he's inspecting them, and of course looking for booty that he can take with him that perhaps was not claimed um, in the attack, or what he perceives as an attack. Uh, I think in his mind, probably in just about anyone's mind, you look and you can tell that these, this is a, a group of bandits, uh, by the way they're dressed, and uh, their weapons. And so the assumption would be, well... A, a large group of bandits like that must have been waylaid by another group of bandits. And so, after that was done, they would have 
scoured the bodies and taken anything of value. Well, Genosuke is taking a chance that perhaps they missed something. And he's noticing as he's going from person to person that they all have died with this uh, horribly uh, fearful visage, this grimace on their face. And we see it illustrated in a couple panels as examples. As he's rolling the bodies, uh, Genosuke is interrupted by an official from the local village. One of his men scouts around several of the dead men and determines that this is the band that Hosuko leads. Uh, but he is nowhere near. He, he's not in this group. At first, Genosuke says that he indeed was the one that wandered onto the group of bandits, dispatched them all, um, and the town official is, uh, the magistrate, I believe, is what he is. It doesn't say, but um, uh, he, he has the the jute, I believe, if, if I'm pronouncing that right, J-U-T-T-E, uh, probably um, signifies that this is a magistrate that Genosuke has come across, leading men to, in all likelihood, they're searching for the uh, bandit Hosoku's group. Well, as they're looking at this group, another local um, villager or a lower police officer comes telling the magistrate about the results of the attack that we saw at the very beginning of the book on Sakano no Ashiyubi's procession. At that point, uh, and, and he mentions that, oddly enough, all of those people that were killed look just like these people with this grimace on their face. At that point, uh, Genosuke says, well, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't really kill these men. Um, I came upon the bodies just as you did, uh, because they immediately turned to him and said, oh, well, you killed these, and they look like this. These men over here are dead, and they look the same way, so you must have killed them too, and these are not people that you want to kill. These here aren't so bad because they're bandits, but that was an official procession of uh, someone higher in rank even than this magistrate that we're dealing with. So he says, no, 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 I'm, I'm kidding. I, I was just trying to get the reward. You know, typical Genosuke kind of stuff. Uh, either way, the magistrate says, that's fine. Arrest him. We'll sort all this out later, but, you know, we need to keep up with him. We cut to a nearby uh, tea house where a young lady is being served a glass of tea by the innkeeper, but something is off because she immediately turns on him and forces him to drink the tea, at which point he keels over dead, uh, the tea having been poisoned. Now, we, we don't really know why he was trying to poison her, I don't think, unless I've missed something. I, I didn't pick up why. Uh, either way, she didn't fall for it. She paid for her time on her way out, so she would not be beholden. Off to the side, also in the inn, we see that the uh, bandit leader, Hosoku, is there. And as she's leaving, he sees her and recognizes this young lady as Inazuma uh, that we have run into previously. He rolls the innkeeper for cash and um, is there when the magistrate comes upon the scene, sees the innkeeper dead, uh, tells his men, arrest this man. Uh, now, I believe that what they're doing is they're making their way back to the village, because now they have a prisoner. Um, now they have two. As they're going, uh, leaving, as I said, was Inazuma, 
and Genosuke sees her and kind of recognizes her, but can't put a can't put a pin in it as to why. Just oh, I I know you, kind of thing. We we've been there. Um, so next we cut to Usagi. Uh, his first panel is a very nice panel. He's standing on a, a kind of a ledge. Uh, at the edge of the ocean with a nice tree uh, arcing over him. So he's standing umbrellaed under the tree looking out over the uh, ocean. And actually, I believe this tells us if I can find it quickly, but I can't specifically. I guess this wasn't in the story. This was in the letter columns in the back. Uh, Mr. Sakai tells us that Jishinuwu, uh, which is, well, actually I didn't mention that. As Usagi is uh, making his way on his journey, there's an earthquake. And he makes mention that uh, Jishinuwu is thrashing its tail. And we are told that Jishinuwu is the earthquake fish. And in the back, in the letters page, Mr. Sakai tells us that it's actually a giant catfish that lives under Shimafusa and Hitachi provinces. So this um, ocean that Usagi was looking out over, we, we actually have some indication of where exactly in the uh, archipelago of Japan that that occurs. Uh, continuing, since I mentioned the Jishinuwu, its movements are responsible for Japan's many earthquakes. A stone in the temple of Kashima is the exposed part of a sword that the gods used to pin the fish in place. So the fish has been pinned and then trying to thrash to get away from that. That's uh, what causes the earthquakes in general and specifically in the Shimafusa and Hitachi province areas. So we have Usagi. He's survived this earthquake and it looks like a a pretty rough one. Uh, First we see a heard of Tokagi running past him and then six panels of earthquake and aftermath. Uh, He knows that there's a village nearby so he runs to check out that village, helps rescue a couple villagers and then decides that since he is near the Gaishu province, um, both because it's a friendly place but also because there was just this natural disaster, quote unquote. Um, We don't know really the severity. He decides that he's going to visit the uh, residence of Lord Noriyuki, the Gaisha, Gaisha, Gaishu clan lord, and Tomoe, um, his number one retainer. So we cut to them, and we see they're discussing the after effects of the earthquake. And Tomoe mentions that Jishin, Kuminari, Kaji, and Oyaji of the four terrors in life, the earthquake is the first. The four tears. That's I, I thought that was interesting. And we see that those words translate earthquake, thunder, fire, and father. So father is the fourth of the terrors in life. If you're listing from the m- most significant to the lesser significant. Um, Usagi shows up. Everybody's in, in good stead. We find out also that Lord Noriyuki and Tomoe are discussing the fact that the shogun is going to be changing. Um, He has chosen to abdicate his throne to move aside for his son. And Mr. Sakai gives us a little more information uh, at the end of the book that I'll 
I'll willingly share with you guys in case you don't have this issue. But uh, in order to show fealty uh, and definitely to stay on the Shogun's good side, Lord Noriyuki is is going to go himself and, and have a presence there at the, um, I don't know if it would be called a coronation, but at the ceremony showing the uh, changeover of power. Uh, Tomoe thinks that it's not really a good idea because the Gaishu clan is not you know, in favor, per se, of the Shogun. They're not actively trying to do anything counter to the Shogun's will, but, you know, if if he does this, then he will be shown to be in favor of the Shogun. And Lord Noriyuki says, well, that's exactly what we need to keep eyes off of us, should we choose to do anything else. So he's making arrangements to go to Edo, and I would have to assume that if... Um, Usagi is there that probably he will be um, traveling with them as some sort of bodyguard, particularly since Lord Noriyuki is a youngster, uh, probably a a tween, uh, maybe even younger than that by our definition. Okay, and the final scene of the book is a... uh, I think that it's probably a temple off in the forest somewhere where they're meeting uh, quietly. This is where we are introduced to Kotetsu, who is a loyal, still loyal retainer of the former emperor, the emperor having recently been displaced by the shogun. Um, Now, I believe that this particular shogun had only been in power for a couple years, so it's only been that long since the emperor was in power. Um, And the, the difference, uh, I think, is emperors are m- more politically affiliated with what, while the shogun is the more militarily affiliated. Um, a lot of times when you hear about revolutions or juntas, it's the, uh, juntas, excuse me, it's the, um, the military that takes over. And the shogun is the military leader of Japan. Um, so my, w- without having done, you know, extensive research in it, I would think that that is is the difference that the emperor is a politician um, who is in charge, and a shogun is the highest ranking military person when they're in charge of the country. And uh, this shogun actually, and and Mr. Sakai will go into this, starts a trend of approximately what I saw was like 250 years that a shogun uh, is in charge of Japan before the next emperor takes over and continues through the remainder of that type of system until probably some sort of uh, democratic system takes hold around, I don't know, World War One, World War Two. I think there were still emperors, but I don't know that they had the power, um, kind of like the Queen of England has lost power over the years. So, anyways, sorry. Uh, Kotetsu, and he is planning to, he has heard that the Shogun is getting ready to step down, and he feels that this is the best chance they're going to have to jump in there, take power back for his emperor. And to do so, he is going to use the legendary grass cutter sword. And the official name of it is Kusanagi no Surugi the grass cutting sword, which uh, the past couple episodes I've been detailing the primordial history up until Usagi's time. So if he can find the sword, he feels Kotetsu, that with that sword he will be able to lead the charge to overthrow the shogun and put back in power the recently displaced emperor. 
to do so, he has dispatched or hired um, someone uh, named Ryoko, who um, I can't really tell the gender. Kotetsu is is a is a male, as are the rest of the conspiracy of eight who this one man uh, drops. And looking at their crests, I think they are all of different clans. So uh, it's a much united effort, apparently, to get the old emperor back into power. But Ryoko brings something um, in a small wooden cabinet, opens it, and everyone else is uh, just flabbergasted by uh, whatever's in there. We don't see. We're we're watching the scene from behind, uh, seeing the faces of the people peering into the uh, little trunk there. So here in the back, uh, the story notes, we're told Usagi's adventures take place at the turn of the 17th century of Japan. I've deliberately kept exact dates vague to give myself more latitude in storytelling. However, I'm making an exception in this issue with the retirement of Shogun Tokugawa Iyusu. Iyusu. In 1603, Iyusu, uh, who lived from 1542 to 1616, the first of the Tokugawa Shogun received the title Saitai Shogun, or Supreme Military Dictator, from Emperor Go Yosai. Two years later, he abdicated in favor of his son, Hidetara, the 20, uh, then 26 years old. He did this to guarantee the succession of the position to his family. Iyusu retired to Shizuoka, but still maintained an active role in politics, and after almost a lifetime on the battlefield, he now devoted his leisure time to literature and poetry. Hidetata ruled until 1622, when he abdicated in favor of his son, Aimetsu. Um, he also, maybe his name is pronounced Hidetata. I just, I'm not sure that that's it. Hidetata. Um, the Tokugawa shogunate endured for 15 successions and came to an end in 1868 with the Mijai Restoration, which gave power back to the emperor. Uh, then he tells us about Yushin Uwa, which I've already explained. And that's, although we do have a recommendation here, um, Japanese Ghosts and Demons, edited by Stephen Addis from New York published by the University of Kansas 1985 is an excellent resource on the ghosts and demons of Japan as recommended by Mr. Sakai here. So looking back through things um, we have a variety of terms both new and used. Uh, Ronin which is the masterless samurai. We have the Jishinua which is the earthquake fish. The Jishin Kuminari Kaji and Oyaji standing for Earthquake, Thunder, or translated as Earthquake, Thunder, Fire, and Father, which are the four terrors in life. Um, Mr. Sakai dropped the word Tono, which is translated as Lord, in a discussion between Lord Noriyuki and Tomoyame. And the Kusanagi no Surugi, the grass cutter sword, which apparently is going to be the main um, theme of the next many issues, this entire grass cutter saga, uh, which is often spoken of in rather high terms by fellow Usagi fans as one of the highlights of the storytelling of Mr. Sakai. Um, I've really fought the urge. I've been reading Usagi consistently since probably the 120s. Um, 
the older material I am reading first time prior, just prior to doing a recording, so I have not read ahead to see if um, this story lives up to the hype. I'll find out as I go along. I'll be curious to see. And another term I wanted to throw out is Yari. Um, if Jay is going to be in this picture for a while, then Yari will become pretty pivotal because that's the name for the single-bladed uh, spear, which is the per preferred weapon uh, that Jay, Jay uses, apparently. With that, I really don't have anything further to add. Um, hopefully, I still have some listeners out there that will get this in their feed. I know it's been a little while. Uh, life is, is all I can say. Next time out, Usagi Ojimbo Volume 3, Issue 16, cover dated November 1997, as we continue the Grasscutter Saga. Talk to you guys then. Ciao. The Ronin Rabbit Podcast is a Teal production, and as such, is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution, Non-Commercial, Non-Derivatives, 3.0, Unported License.